Hey everyone, welcome to the Two Cents Money Podcast, where we strive to give our two cents on your two cents. So before we get started, I wanted to briefly talk about, you know, the whole Kobe Bryant tragic situation that really just happened last week. Um, On behalf of Two Cents, we just wanted to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and each of the victims of the tragic helicopter crash in California. Uh, We've been getting a lot of questions about how to prepare for an unexpected tragedy just like this, and which brings us to our topic today. So it's always something that crosses our minds when a tragedy happens. We begin to wonder, you know, how can we ensure that our loved ones are taken care of when we're gone? And to give you a little insight, it's honestly okay that we ask these questions because only half of Americans actually have a will right now. So let's make sure you get that peace of mind knowing you did what you could um, to actually make, you know, your loved ones financially secure or as close to that as possible. So in a recent Bloomberg study, it was actually determined that roughly $764 billion, yes, $764 billion will be inherited by Americans this year. So what does that really mean, right? And while not everyone has millions and billions of dollars to just pass down, we all have something of significance and importance that we want our loved ones to get when we're gone. In this episode, we're going to talk about what a will is how to, and how to get one established. Um, and I just want to put it out there. It's okay to feel intimidated about what a will is, but I'm going to help break it down so you can get headed in the right direction. And I'm also going to briefly uh, discuss a few other ways to safeguard your finances and assets if something ever were to happen. So you've probably heard of what a will is, or maybe you just heard the term kind of thrown around out there, Um, but maybe you're just unsure of what it really does, or maybe even just how to establish one. Um, here at Two Cents, we will give you some insight on what it really is. So what is a will? Sometimes you might hear the word interchangeably used, um, where you might hear will and testament, or simply just a will. So a will is a document that really describes your final wishes. Uh, This could be anything from who gets the house you own to who will take care of your kids if something were to happen to you. Um, wills really come in handy for situations where, you know, maybe it's unexpected or even a situation that's not unexpected because, you know, it's life. It's a part of life. Things happen. But the way that you can kind of take some control is creating a will because then you say where your money goes. You say where your properties and assets go what you've worked hard for, you determine who gets what. Now, each state has different rules when it comes to processing estates and properties of a deceased individual, um, just like you and I, but some of these rules in different states may actually cause issues, um, and these types of issues can delay um, how your how long your loved one um can get access to those funds or assets that you end up passing down. Now, without a will, 
some states are very brutal in the sense that um, it, it can just overcomplicate things. And if you kind of put yourself into the shoes of somebody who maybe had just lost somebody very, very close and dear to them, and the last thing you want to worry about is trying to fight a court or fight the state on something that you know yourself was really yours. So creating a will will kind of help um, make that type of situation, I guess you can say, make that type of situation um, less likely. And we all know, you know, everybody mourns differently. But what really helps is to just have more control when a situation happens like that. So they have less things to worry about, especially when it comes down to assets and funds and different accounts and, you know, what have you. So this is why it's so important to get a will, a will written up so you can make sure your family has less to worry about if a tragedy does happen because we all know things do happen and life is short. So, you know, some of us might hear that term will or will and testament, and we might be wondering, am I too young to write a will? Is this the right time in my life to need to get that type of document um, situated and put together? Honestly, guys, you're never really too young, especially if you already have bank accounts established, you have assets. So for those that own a home, you know, think about the people that are actually taking advantage of living under that roof with you. Um, you know, who's to say if something happens tomorrow, are they still allowed to live in that home? Um, you know, the bank accounts that you have, maybe you have an individual account or a joint account. You know, you want to make sure that your funds are available for who you want to have them, you know, available to. So think about it. If something were to happen to you tomorrow, do you know where your money will go? What about for those of you who have children? I have three of my own. Who would take care of your dependents if something happened to you? That's a scary thought. You know, who in the world would take care of my kids if I'm gone tomorrow? Or if something happens to myself and my husband? Um, it's got to be somebody who I trust. If you own a home and have people re relying on you for housing, like we just talked about, would you feel better knowing who gets your property? So how do you create a will? Now, we live in a great day and age because technology and um, accessibility is at an all-time prime, I guess we can say. So the great thing about the internet is that there is a lot of resources out there and readily available. And because of this, you do not have to hire a lawyer to create your will. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't hire a lawyer. Some people want to go through, you know, the legal um, process, making sure that everything is, you know, all your, your T's and I's are crossed and dotted. Um, but you don't have to. And some people especially, you know, some people that are listening to this right now, um, you might not have the, the funds to go and hire a lawyer. And that's okay because there's websites out there right now 
Um, if, even if you go ahead and Google, you know, creating a will, you'll have so many different options. And honestly, the great thing is too, is that a lot of them offer nice templates. You go ahead, punch in whatever it is information that you're uh, looking to enter, and then you print it out. And if you would like, you can actually go to a local notary and get it notarized and stamped. Um, now, I would probably highly advise to go get a notary involved. Um, that typically, depending on where you are, can range anywhere between 5 and maybe $15, $20 at most. So again, that's way less than hiring a lawyer. But if you're confident in doing it yourself, I think it's worth at least, at the very least, getting a notary to notarize your document. It just makes it look more official. And plus, if something does happen, they know for sure that it was you that actually signed it. So, you know, you're thinking now, once you write your will, well, what do I do with it? Where do I put it? Um, you know, do I give it to somebody? Do I keep it under my mattress? You know, what in the world do I do with this paper now? So honestly, I would advise you to make a few copies. So by few copies, I don't just mean two. I would say maybe three or four. Um, if you have a safe deposit box, if you have some type of safe, so safe deposit box, um, that would be at your local bank or credit union. Um, some some of us have a little safe at home, um, whether it's through a combination or a key. You know, keep some spare copies in there. And also make sure to place at least one copy or even two with a trusted family member, such as a parent, um, you know, some type of loved one significant other, somebody that you highly trust, um, because this can come in handy, especially if the person or people you are designating to uh, get passed down to these assets, um, that they, they're aware, right? So you just want to make sure you have enough copies and you, that they're accessible. So Remember how I mentioned, if you have a safe box that needs a special combination, make sure there that combination is written down somewhere where that loved one or, you know, those trusted individuals that you have, um, you know, written down in your will that if something happened to you, they can get into that, um, that safe box. So just make sure you kind of have that situated because you want the right people to have the appropriate access to get these documents. God forbid something does happen. Um, now, you know, with that being said, I would also say too is we did mention if you want to get a lawyer, that's totally fine. If you do choose to go the route of getting a lawyer, ask for some maybe referrals from friends and, you know, family members. See if there's some type of family lawyer that they use or have used before. Um, you want to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of and you want to make sure that um, you're not overly paying for a service that you could easily do yourself. So you don't want anybody taking advantage of you. That's not to say that um, anybody will, but it's just 
in this day and age, you never know. So just take appropriate actions, uh, vet some lawyers out, you know, see what their prices are, what do they offer. And if you end up, you know, going with a lawyer, make sure they um, have copies as well if they, you know, have a place to keep them too um, for your record if something ever does happen. So, you know, there's a few things you can do to also ensure that you and your loved ones are prepared for the unexpected. So we talked about a will or, you know, some others may know it by a will and testament. Um, So that really safeguards you in the event that something happens to you. What what will happen to your assets and your funds after you were to pass away? That will designate who gets what. Um. If your job, let's just say, for example, offers life insurance and other benefits, make sure you take the time to delegate a beneficiary. Um, I've seen too many people, you know, um, skip over that step. And if something were to happen, uh, that's that makes it more complicated for your loved ones, your significant other, your spouse, your children. Um A beneficiary, for those who may not know, um, a beneficiary is a person or persons you choose to benefit from items like your life insurance policy, your bank account, your trust account. Um, Not many financial institutions really need a whole lot of information. So for the most part, a lot of the ones that I've worked with in the past, um, they need the usual, um, you know, Social security number, date of birth, contact information, obviously first and last name, sometimes address, uh, phone number, just so they can at the very least um, somehow identify that individual um, if they do come in and say, you know, I am the beneficiary for such and such account, they can pull up proper documentation and already have stuff listed to kind of go off of. Now, you know, to be honest, placing a beneficiary on your accounts can actually alleviate any additional stress for your loved ones. It just makes the process easier for them so they can get access to those funds and they can get access to the accounts when they need it the most. Another way to prepare yourself is creating a power of attorney. So there's a few different power of attorneys available, but choosing um, a healthcare power of attorney and a financial power of attorney are probably two of the most important ones that you can um, kind of dig into and make sure that you put it on your list to do. So, a healthcare power of attorney, or you know, you might hear different ty- types of terminology on it. Um, anything related to health, right? You are designating someone you trust to make very vital and crucial decisions on your life in the event that maybe a bad car accident happens and now you are deemed a vegetable, um, you're mentally incapacitated, um, you become so ill that they feel like, you you know, maybe the hospital feels like you cannot make decisions on your own. They will go off of that health power of attorney to see, you know, what, what options um, do they want to keep open? 
What do they decide to do? Do they want to pull the plug on life support? Do they want to continue to look for a donor? Very important and crucial life-determining factors are really put into the hands of whoever you choose for that. Now, on the flip side, financial power of attorney. Depending on the power of attorney documents that you would use, um, this is really designating who can write a check, who can you know, make transactions on your accounts. Um, depending on the bank or credit union, they might have internal power of attorneys, meaning that power of attorney document is only good for the accounts at that specific bank. Um, it really, it's just somebody that you trust. Now, power of attorney for finances, it does not mean that something has to happen to you for them to start taking uh, responsibility. Um, so what really what it, that really means is, let's just say... I get really sick tomorrow and, you know, maybe I have my husband, maybe he's not joint on my account. Maybe he's listed as a power of attorney. That gives him the right, the second that he is added onto my account, that power of attorney right is so he can transact, he can go to the ATM using my card, he can sign checks on my behalf, he can basically do almost anything as if he were the owner, um, except it's not his money, right? Um, the account's still under my name, but he has the right to make certain transactions. The only thing about power of attorney, like I said, is that something doesn't have to happen to you for the powers to turn on, let's say. Um, the second you put that person on your account, their rights virtually begin. Not to say that somebody's going to jump in and start writing checks from your checkbook, but you might want to let them know where those checks are, where your debit card is. Um, maybe which bank uh, you would like to add them to. Um, if there's multiple, let them know all of them. Um, just so they know if something does happen or if they feel like they do need to step in and handle your finances at one point, they can. Um, me, honestly, I think power attorneys are really good. But just keep in mind, they do seize upon death. So if an individual passes away... The power of attorney is no longer valid, and this is when documents like your will and, um, you know, who's your executor on your estate, those are the documents that now come in handy once somebody passes away. So power of attorney is very good for anything up until somebody passes away. Anything beyond that, you want to make sure that you have other processes and documents in place for a fallback. So, you know, I do want to share that in my almost 10 years in banking, I've seen way too many times where one of my clients may lose a loved one. And honestly, you know, little to maybe very slim preparation was made throughout the years. So the process just became so drawn out, so exhausting, you really truly see the toll that it takes on people. And if it really comes down to needing money for a funeral, um, whether it's for your spouse, your mom, you know, someone that's really near and dear to you, um, or even paying some of their bills, everything we really discussed today can make this process so much easier and so much smoother. 
You know, like we said, when something happens, when a tragedy happens, we all start to think of the what ifs and, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen or what what could happen um, if this were to happen, you know, what, who gets my money or what happens to my wife, what happens to my son or my mom. Getting prepared now will make this process so much better for whoever um, ends up you know, living after you. So just to wrap things up, you know, again, rest in peace to all of the uh, victims of that really heartbreaking tragedy that happened last week in Calabasas, um, including the legendary Kobe Bryant and his beautiful daughter. And just know you can make sure your family is taken care of if something ever happens to you. So thanks for listening to me today. I know the topic really wasn't something happy, um, but it's positive. Like I said, a lot of people are asking these questions this past week because of what happened to Kobe. Let's spin this around and make sure that, you know, people like myself and people like you guys out there listening are prepared so we're one step ahead and making sure that our our loved ones, our family members are taken care of when we're not here anymore. And if you guys ever have any questions, I know I always say this, please feel free to hit me up on our Facebook, um, Two Cents Money Blog, or follow me on Twitter, underscore T-W-O-S-E-N-S-E. And I'm always looking for suggestions on topics. So if you're listening right now, Um, There should be an option that says to leave me a voice message. Go ahead and feel free to, you know, you want to say what's up. If you want to kind of suggest something that maybe has been on your mind about finances, I will go ahead and put that on my to-do list. All right. Well, thanks again and have a great week. And please catch me next week for my next episode. Thanks again.